Fellas, you're listening to Saturday Morning Coffee on the Gird Up Podcast. We're going to get into it in just a second, but before we do, I want to let you know there's an opportunity here. If you want to advertise for your company, if you want to sponsor an episode, if you just want to get your name out there, uh, you want to talk to Christian men, this is your chance to do it. If you want to sponsor an episode, let us know. You can email us, contact us. All that information is at the end of the podcast. If you want to... financially support this podcast um, help this podcast produce better um better resources for christian men uh, create more opportunities for christian men to interact with the word of god and interact with each other and bring this message to people all over the world you can find the information for our patreon account at the end of this podcast as well but otherwise guys just make sure that you are sharing like crazy get the word out there make sure you're living manful lives make sure you're living lives of christian service to each other and modeling christian manhood and everything you do and this message will continue to share all you guys that were at the um, men of his word conference it was super cool to meet you i really enjoyed it had a lot of fun there loved shaking hands and handing out business cards and wristbands and all that kind of good stuff if you're in a Wisconsin area or Midwest area and you want to uh, go to another conference like that or you want to go to a conference like that, there's another one coming up. It's called the Iron Men of God Conference. It's the last weekend in March. Uh, if you want to find information on it, go look it up on Google. Type in Iron Men of God Conference or Iron Men of God Wisconsin and you will find all the information there. Make sure you register get involved we'll be there too with a booth um, talking to people handing out some stuff having some having some good conversations as well <sighs> god bless you guys hope you have a great week and let's get into the show you are listening to the gird up podcast to gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of god Here you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God created us to be. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves and let's get to work. All right, so dudes, I was looking for a good intro to this podcast, and I couldn't. Like, I was thinking about all kinds of different things. The the theme of today's podcast is is uh, obviously you saw the title when you clicked on it, but um, not being nice. So whether you want to say no more, Mister Nice Guy, or whatever it is, I don't know what I'm going to name this thing, but. The whole idea is not being nice anymore. So, <laughs> like, I literally typed in "no more, Mister Nice Guy" into Google, and then hit. Uh, videos and just figured it would come up. There's a bunch, like there's a couple of books out talking about it. There's a good Christian book. I haven't actually read it, but I hear good things about it called "No More Christian Nice Guy," and it kind of demantles this idea that Christian men are supposed to be nice and passive and and, and all that, which is good and right, and they probably would agree with most of what I'm going to say today. Um, but what struck me as awesome and funny and kind of put sent me down this black hole of, of the internet, you know what I'm talking about, where you just get like sucked in and you can't get pull yourself out. I just spent 45 minutes watching 80s rock videos, okay? So I started with Twisted Sister, We're Not Gonna Take It, and then Thunderstruck and a whole bunch of other, and the themes of all these songs is, we're not gonna take it anymore. Or uh, there's been something wrong has been done to me. There's some sort of injustice being done. And I've been sitting by meekly. I've been sitting by quietly and passively. And now I'm going to stand up and do something about it. And, um, and no matter what the song is, pretty much all the songs are either about sexual conquest or about being misfits, which is kind of awesome. Like you listen to the Beastie Boys, it's like half their songs are are talking about how they're misfits, there's injustice, um, they're tired of being bullied and picked on, they're the Beastie Boys. And so, 
ah, man, there's a lot of people that feel that way. There's a lot of men that feel that way. And I think, uh, I think if there was going to be a song <laughs> that encapsulated uh, every social justice movement ever, whether it be women's rights, men's rights, um, social justice, uh, racial equality, if there was ever a song that encapsulated what they were feeling and what they felt at the time of their their rise, it would be Twisted Sisters, we're not going to take it. And everybody feels that way, and everybody wants to be upset, and everybody wants to be angry. And we've talked about that before on this podcast, about why that's not helpful and why it's not beneficial. Um, but what the reality is... Most of these problems could have been solved if somebody would have stood up for themselves earlier. Not okay. I don't mean to sweep all injustice under the rug and say and, and victim blame. That's what I what I'm doing here. That's not the point. Uh, don't attach politics to this. In our daily lives, from day to day, um, and as teenagers, from the day to day, a lot of times communication would just make things better, and talking would make things better. But we are too nice. We're too gentle. We're too quiet. We're too passive to have those conversations. So, um, my message to you today is to stop being nice, because men of substance and character are not nice. That's one of the. I actually hate it when people, if people are talking about me, and I hear that somebody say, "Oh, he's a nice guy." I don't like that. And I don't like hearing that about other men either. I don't like it when people say he's a nice guy. Well, I want to know if he's a good man or not. I want to know the quality of his character. I want to know the substance of his character. I want to know what's going on in his heart and his mind and his soul. And if you tell me he's a nice guy, it means that you've never butted heads. You've never seen his ugly. You've never seen his, his, uh, you've never seen him make a stand for anything because making a stand is not the nice thing to do. Taking a stand is not the easy thing to do. Taking a stand is not the, a lot of times the, the socially apt thing to do. Uh, a lot of times it's the messiest possible thing you can do. And a lot of times it's absolutely not nice. And, and here's what I mean. When I say don't be nice, you got to look at the definition of nice because nice is not, nice is not, nice is not a biblical concept at all. Being nice is being passive. Okay, being nice allows people to be comfortable and allows the people around me to be comfortable and it avoids any sort of conflict whatsoever, even if it's good conflict. Being nice, people who are being nice aren't going to disagree with anyone and they're not going to address any issues because they're too worried about uh, other people's feelings. They're too worried about other people's thoughts and insecurities and, and, and pressure points, and we're always worried about being socially unacceptable, about being uh, politically incorrect. We got to drop that. And there certainly are sometimes, few times, where being nice is the right thing to do, where being nice is the appropriate reaction to a situation. But I'd say about 99% of the time, being nice is not the answer. Okay. Take a look at the issue of bullying, for example. Think about who bullies are and what bullies do. Bullies are not just like random attackers. Okay. They're not like uh, they don't just randomly spray um, unpleasantness around the world. Bullies are actually very careful about what they do. And most schools, their bullying initiatives start in October because they don't have any issues with bullying until October because. Bullies are very, very selective about their targets. Bullies know what they look for. They know what they want, even if they're not consciously thinking of it. They know how to find a good bullying target, someone that's going to, they're going to be effective when they bully. So they look for kids that are weak or, or 
I mean, adults bully each other too. So you look for people that are weak, look for people who are isolated, people who are different than everybody else. Because when they see someone who's weak or isolated or different than everybody else, they assume that no one is going to step in or step up and put an end to this bullying. There's nobody that's going to be there to protect them. Okay, You don't want to bully a group or a large group or a strong group because there's going to be repercussions. Somebody's going to make a stand, they're going to bond together as a group or as a small society, and they're going to push back. Well, someone who's weak and isolated and different than everybody else isn't going to have that power of the group to push back. So it makes it a lot easier to be a bully. Bullies actually rely on niceness in order to be successful as bullies. Okay, If a bully wants to be to be successful as a bully, if he's actually going to carry out his role as a bully, he has to find a kid that nobody's going to step up and defend. Everybody, he has to depend on the idea that everybody around him is going to be nice and isn't going to want to step in and create a problem, create an issue for the bully, create a situation where the bully is now the one who is the weaker one. Okay, they depend on people being nice. Think about as kids. As kids, we were taught if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And this was, I mean, it was well-intentioned. And I'm not picking on mothers who said that. I'm not t- saying that uh, that you were bad mothers or anything like that. I'm, what I am saying is this is um, this, this sets a very dangerous precedent for kids. I don't say it to my students ever because it sets a very dangerous precedent for kids because what it tells kids and and you can make the argument that well we're not talking about bullying well when you set a precedent you set it for every like kids kids are children they're not mature enough to differentiate okay so when you say something like that to a child um it sets a precedent that if something hurts someone's feelings if it creates uh and it makes somebody uncomfortable if it creates a, a situation where there's some sort of uh, social or cultural risk involved, you shouldn't say it. You shouldn't do it. And what that does is it tells kids to stay in their shell, stay in their hole, and don't ever step out into a world of risk. Okay? There are better ways to address the problem of <laughs> making fun of your sister or bullying than to say, be nice. Being nice is exactly the wrong thing to say in those situations. And being nice is the wrong thing to teach your children. And I'm going to get, at the end of this podcast, I'll teach you, I'll tell you what to teach your children. Don't worry, stick with me here. But being nice is not the solution. Being nice doesn't solve anybody's problems because being nice allows people to continue to take advantage of others. Being nice allows people to continue to take advantage of others. In my first couple of years of teaching, one of my administrators used to consistently tell us as a staff that hurting people hurt people. People who themselves are hurting are going to lash out and hurt others. People who have been hurt are predators. They, they have predatory instincts and they go out and they create hurt in each other's lives. That's what a bully is. A bully is a predator. Whether it's a child or an adult, a bully is a predator. He's going to go out and find situations where everyone's being passive, where everyone's being nice. And those are situations where he has the advantage because no one's going to stop him. He's going to be successful in his bullying attempt. Okay, that's not what men are called to do. They're not men. Men are not called to be nice. Men are called to action. Men are called to stand up for right in the face of what is wrong. You need examples? Well, let's turn to scripture. Think about the judges. Okay, the first judge I like to talk about is Gideon. Now, Gideon was not the first judge to exist, but he's one of my favorite judges, and he's one of the most uh, 
prolific judges in Scripture because of the sheer amount of faith he had in the Heavenly Father. But um, before he had that great faith, he he actually said, no, I'm not going to go out and do this. You need to go find somebody else. I'm not a warrior. I'm the lowest and least in my tribe. And I've talked about that on a podcast before. But I want to look at the boldness of Gideon once God called him and, and equipped him to be the leader of the Israelites. The very first thing Gideon does, he doesn't like write up a proposal and go to the local government and talk about how important it is that they have a militia and they should probably go fight against these in, these enemies. He doesn't do that. He doesn't go around and uh, start campaigning for himself. He doesn't go around and start you know, talking to people about what he would do differently and how he would change things. He doesn't get permission. In the middle of the night, He sneaks out into the middle of town where the Asherah poles are because his town, his family, his clan no longer worships the Lord. His clan is worshiping the god Baal, and they have put up an Asherah pole in the middle of the city. Now, the Asherah pole is a giant statue of a penis, okay? An Asherah pole is a giant statue of a penis, and that should give you a good picture of what they're worshiping now. Their worship is no longer conforming to God's will. Their worship is no longer conforming to uh, the Ten Commandments and the, 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 the... Oh boy, the Torah, the commands of Moses, these are no longer living by God's laws. Their worship now is is adultery. Their worship now is sexual immorality. That's how far away from God God's people have strayed. And Gideon's first act before he has any authority and any power is he goes down and he chops down the Asherah pole and uses it to burn an offering to God. So everybody wakes up in the morning and look around and they can be like, think about how sinful, how much sinful people love their sin. They really, really love their sin. Okay, Sinful people love their sin. And so think about this idea that they look around and now they don't have a place to worship. We don't have a place to lay with our prostitutes and to worship um, in such a way anymore. And they got angry. And and by the grace of God, (laughs) Gideon's dad kind of gets him out of it for now and says, hey, whoa, 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 you need to stand up for your God? For real? If your God God is so strong, why don't you let him... why don't you let him deal with, with Gideon? And so they actually call Gideon Jerubbabel for a while. And they say, let God, let Baal deal with him. And that's kind of how Gideon gets off the hook. It's not the nice thing to do. The nice thing to do would have been to go to them and say, hey, guys, um, what you're doing is wrong, and it's bad, and I don't think you should do it anymore. No, he destroys the opportunity to worship at this Asherah pole. He chops it down. He signifies this reign of Baal in Israel is over. We're done. God's coming back. We're coming back. We're going back to God. He does not do the nice thing. He doesn't do the passive thing. He doesn't go and try and find other Christians who are going to to, to, to join with him and, and walk down a path. He took the initiative. He started leading people back to God, even though he had zero authority to do so. He stepped up and did it. The other uh, judge that I love to talk about and think about is Samson. Now, Samson is not a good dude at all. He's definitely not a nice guy. He's actually kind of an idiot, like 80% of the, 90% of the time, maybe even. He marries a, he marries a, a godless woman. He lies with a prostitute. He does all kinds of things. But he's continually filled with the Holy Spirit and provoking the Philistines. Sometimes he even goes out and sins, and his sin provokes the Philistines, and then the Spirit of God comes upon him. And even though the Philistines are angry at him because he did something that was legitimately wrong and inappropriate, God comes upon the Spirit of the Lord comes upon him, and he kills thousands of men with the jawbone of a donkey. He rips a lion to shreds and eats the honey out of it. He, he kills 30 men to pay a debt to, other, to another 30 men. He's continually a thorn in the side of the Philistines doing what we would consider some awfully toxic masculinity type things. Hmm? He's doing some terrible things in the name of the Lord, filled by the Spirit of God, 
in order to bring people back to their heavenly father, in order to rid the land of Israel from the oppressors that surround them. The last example I want to bring you is, is the example of Jesus. Now, I've talked about this before, and we can't say enough times that Jesus is a perfect man. So Jesus ought to be the perfect example of what masculinity is and what manhood is. And if you don't get into scripture and talk about Jesus and read about Jesus, then you don't know what a real man is. So go get in scripture and read about him. But I want to talk specifically about the last week of Jesus' life. Think about the last week of Jesus' life. Before Jesus goes to Jerusalem, his disciples are trying to convince him not to go. The people that follow Jesus are trying to convince Jesus not to go to Jerusalem because they know if Jesus goes to Jerusalem, the Pharisees are going. To, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law are going to find a way to arrest him and kill him. They want to. That's what they're looking for is an opportunity to arrest Jesus and kill him. Jesus knows this going in. He knows it going in. And what's the first thing he does? He rides into town gentle, riding on a donkey, and letting all the people of, uh, of Israel who are gathered in Jerusalem for the, uh, for the Passover celebration, he lets them all sing his praises. And you might say, well, he's riding on a donkey. He's humble. Yes, he is. But he's also fulfilling scripture. And the Pharisees and teachers of the law would have known the Old Testament well enough to know that Jesus, when he rides into town on the foal of a donkey, letting the people praise him, he is proclaiming himself the Messiah. These people who claim he is not the Messiah are going to be pretty ticked off and upset. So that's how Jesus announces his entrance into, into the holy I cannot talk today. That's how Jesus announces his, his entrance into Holy Week at the beginning of Holy Week, the week where he knows he's going to die, and everybody else doesn't necessarily know he's going to die. He knows that it's the plan that he's going to die at the end of the week on Good Friday. But that's not enough yet. The Pharisees and tax collectors, and, and no, not tax collectors, the Pharisees and teachers of the law are pretty upset about this, but they're not willing to arrest him yet. They're not willing to arrest him yet. They, they're planning to it. They're plotting to do it. And so Jesus says, I better stir the pot a little bit more. So he makes up a whip of cords, premeditated. He has a whip of cords before he goes to the temple. He doesn't get to the temple and go, hmm, I wonder how I can drive them out. He makes a whip of cords, then goes to the temple and drives the people from the temple courts, drives the money changers and the, and, and the livestock traders from the temple courts with a whip. You can't tell me that that's nice. You can't tell me he's being a nice guy. You can't tell me that when those people were driven out of the uh, out of the temple, they might have been a little bit offended or upset. It doesn't matter whether he's right or wrong. he is right, but it doesn't matter if he's right or wrong. If the standard is to be a nice guy, if the standard is to be a nice guy, if Jesus is supposed to be a nice guy, then what he's doing is wrong. And so either Jesus is wrong, or the world is wrong when they look at men and say you must be nice all the time. And that's only beginning of the week. That's only on Tuesday. Jesus spends the rest of the week in the temple courts calling the Pharisees a brood of vipers, calling them whitewashed tombs, insulting them, telling stories after story after story and parable about how these Pharisees and teachers of the law are corrupt, how they don't see the Messiah standing right in front of them, calling them blind guides, telling them to take the plank out of their own eye before they take the speck out of another's eye. These are not nice words. These are not nice things that he's saying to the Pharisees and, and the teachers of the law. And eventually he drives them to be so angry that they arrest him and they kill him. It's pretty incredible when you look at Jesus, just how he provoked his enemies. He was not being nice. He was not being 
passive. He wasn't this gentle, quiet guy all the time. He was wild. He was uncivilized. And he was very, very good. Now, I don't mean to say at all, I do not mean to say that being strong, noble, and being a strong, noble, and dangerous man is a license to be a bully yourself. I'm not saying that at all, and that's not what Jesus was doing. That's not what Gideon was doing. Well, maybe Gideon every once in a while. That's not what Gideon was doing when he cut down the Asherah poles. Being a strong, noble, and dangerous man is not a license to be a bully, and it's not permission to be crass or irreverent or incorrigible. There's a reason why the epistles repeatedly talk about the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control are vital to you as a man. They're vital to your identity as a man of God. You must live out those manly virtues. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control must be a part of your daily life. However, those things cannot be misinterpreted as being nice. He doesn't say niceness there. He says, when it is time to be kind, be kind. When it is time to be gentle, be gentle. When it is time to be self well, you should always be self-controlled. You should always be gentle. You should always be kind. And sometimes that gentleness, kindness, and self-control means you have to stand up for the weak. You have to stand up for those who are less privileged. You have to stand up for those uh, who are being victims of injustice, guys. When, you see, when men see injustice, they stand up against it. When men encounter wickedness, they combat it. When men find good, they reinforce it. And when they are faced with evil, they always address it. You got, we got to stop worrying about political correctness. We got to stop worrying about being nice. We got to stop worrying about being the men that the world paints. The world paints a picture of masculinity that is not founded in scripture. The world paints a picture of masculinity that is not beneficial to the world. The world paints a picture of masculinity that is not biblical and does not reflect who we are as men of God. Ephesians 4 says, says this in verses 17 and 18. Live no longer as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. The world is going to try and tell us how to live and how to act. And they're going to have some fragments of truth in what they say, and they're going to be on the right track a lot of the times, but they are not going to understand us as men. They're not going to understand us as men of God because their thinking is futile and their understanding is darkened. They do not have the light of the gospel in their lives. They do not live according to God's laws because they're not required to because they don't know Jesus. Don't try and make them happy. Don't try and please them. Don't try and conform to their their view of the world, their ways of the world. Be the man of God that's laid out in Scripture. Be like Jesus. Be like Gideon. Be like Samson. And live out your calling as men of God. Ephesians 4 continues in verse 25. It says, Put off falsehood and speak truthfully to one another. For we are all members of one body. When we choose to be passive and nice, instead of instead of speaking truth to one another... It might not be a big-time, like, full-fledged lie that, that we're telling each other, but what we're really doing is allowing each other to let wickedness and evil into our hearts and into our lives. If we choose not to stand up as righteous men and lead others down paths of righteousness, which is what we're, which is what we're failing to do when we choose to be nice instead of godly, 
we're doing great destruction to our own hearts and souls, and we're allowing great destruction to be done in the people around us. It is our calling as men of God to stand up, to be righteous, and to lead others down paths of righteousness. So do that this week, fellas. I hope you have an awesome week. <laughs> Thank you for listening to 23 Minutes of Charlie Ranting. Um, God bless you. Don't be nice. Be filled with the Spirit. Display the fruits of the Spirit. But do not be afraid to stand up for what is right in the face of temptation to do what is wrong. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.